Welcome to Hiraith, the home of modern Welsh politics. Five months ago, the National Wales was launched with the aim of creating a national news service for Wales. It has gone from strength to strength since then, now producing a weekly print edition, hiring more journalists and covering Welsh issues on a daily basis. Tonight, we're speaking to its founder, Hugh Marshall, about the paper and what's next Welsh media. Hello, Hugh. Hello, Shumai. Shumai, diolchan aminoni. So nice and easy first broad question. How would you describe the current state of the Welsh media and how do you think that's changed in the past, say, five years or so? I think it's moving in the right direction. I think, you know, the fact that there are now a number of sort of players in that in that market beyond, you know, the ones who were there, um, who've been there for a long time. The BBC have got, you know, dominance in that market, you know, from a television perspective, but also digitally. Um, so, you know, the BBC news websites and sport websites are, you know, two of the most visited uh, websites on a daily basis, um, you know, in Wales and, and the, the UK. Um, and it's interesting as well, the Welsh language version of uh, their, their service, uh, BBC Come Review, is excellent. And, it, and it, what's strange is that that isn't replicated in the English version. So BBC Come Reviewing Welsh, for people who aren't aware, it's a rolling sort of blog and sort of news service. It's got news stuff, it's got magazine items um, digitally that's available, you know, sort of the, the rolls uh, throughout the day. So, yeah, you know, so they're doing it, you know, Wales Online, Daily Post, Western Mail. And I think, you know, when you look at stuff that Will Hayward's been doing, particularly, he's been doing excellent stuff. Again, it's unfortunate from from that perspective is you know that they've split Wales into into two bits because that's the nature of their of their business. You know, Wales Online does cover the whole of Wales, but it does tend to be very M4 corridor. Uh, and then you know, obviously North Wales Live is the digital version up in up in the north that goes along with the uh, the Daily Post. But you know, you've you, you know there are there are other platforms out there now. Nation has been going for four years. You got Gwalia, Desolation, Voice. So you know, there's lots of these, lots of these sort of starting up. But I think what what we found was, you know, when we were when we were developing the national was that need for a a national news service that was basically sort of serious journalism. And I think you know we we're still finding our way. Uh, you know, we we get criticisms. And I'm critical of our output uh, at times when sometimes we tend to go a little bit off piste and trying to do stuff that that's going to generate sort of numbers and stuff. And that's that's the danger is this feeling that you've got to create numbers rather than actually, you know, thinking about the quality of the content. So, yeah, no, I think it's getting better. But, you know, just the fact that when we started up, you know, we are basically the first national news service in digital and print. So it's bonkers when you think about other European countries, but not just, you know, countries looking at sort of, um, regions within Spain, you know, if you go to somewhere like the Basque Country or to Catalonia, you know, they, they've got numerous national, you know, newspapers as well as the, the you know, the, the Spanish national titles. Scotland, they've got loads. And the fact they've got those titles means that they've got Scottish versions of the Mirror, that just, you know, stuff like that. And I think that is what actually drove devolution faster in Scotland, which is why they, they had the Parliament. Obviously, they had things like uh, you know, education and legal system was already in place, which gave them that step up. But I think the fact that the media there was much stronger helped do that. And we are playing catch up in in Wales. But, you know, I, I think it's positive. You know, the, the feedback we get is generally very, very good. You know, we, we, we have got our detractors and some people are detractors, not because of the output, 
but because there's people like me that are behind it. But you know, that's that's you know, I just take that on the on the chin. I've got thick enough skin for that. Well, in the spirit of clickbait, Hugh, we'll have to call this episode. You'll never guess what the founder of the national said on this episode. But you've been producing the national as a print copy for five months or so now. Um, and obviously you must have been doing something, right? Because that's now a weekly print edition. Yeah, again, when we launched it, because we we realised that launching a digital service is you know is one thing. Our, our business model is based around digital subscriptions. We need to build up as many digital subscribers, and you know, even though it's it's published by NewsQuest, who you know part of a global company, we're in the same state as Bizarre. Really, the national shares the same font as USA Today. Um, you know, because we're part of the same group as. Um, the net media so you know it's a, it's a global company and you know and at the end of the day we you know we exist to to make revenues but with with the national it's almost like you know we're, we're being allowed to experiment with a new platform because it's, there's, it's not very often you see new news titles being launched you know so we're, we're a new startup basically we're going for five months we're looking at the subscription model and we're working all the time looking at you know what kind of content what what audiences want to you know want from us that's you know one of the key things but when we launched we thought well because you know NewsQuest you know publish 14 15 local titles around Wales you know from the South Wales Argus uh in the southeast Tyveside Irish uh advertiser in the west and the leader and the North Wales pioneer up, up in the north you know they are a print company but on a local level and we thought well what if we launched the print edition of it as well just to get out in the newsstands it's from, from a brand perspective. So we did that and the response was great. And again, that was all based on word of mouth that, you know, the sales were really good. Then we decided to do one like an election special because obviously the, the elections were being held, was it the 6th of April? So it was only sort of um, five weeks after we launched. So we did that. And again, the response to that was, was amazing. So we decided, right, you know, we, we thought from the initial response, you know, there's something in this. That maybe print isn't dead so we took the plunge and you know started publishing on a on a weekly basis which is a challenge because obviously we started with quite a small team and obviously you know it's it's a it's a pound we priced it so people uh, buy it so you know it's not something that's making sort of mega bucks but we want to make sure that you know we had it out there but it's interesting the response to the paper is really really positive but we've got a job now to do to make people realize Buying the paper is great. We love you if you buy the paper, but it's that digital subscription that's what's going to help us sustain and build the company. And we, you know, we've made the promise that any every penny of digital subscription is reinvested in staff. So, you know, obviously, you know, the more subscribers we have, you know, we'll we'll have a big team. So, you know, by the day we get to ten thousand subscribers, you know, we'll have a we'll have a big enough team to potentially be running a you know a daily. Um, digital radio station with you know with video content uh, on a, on a regular basis and a, and a daily newspaper you know there's no nothing stopping us doing that but it's just we need the the audience in Wales to do that but there's a few initiatives that are coming out soon that will make a big difference I think to our audience in the future. You said there you you don't think that print media is dead. I mean that was the the thought for so long, which is why everything was starting on a digital basis for the last few years. Do you think that the the creation of a print edition is more a symbolic gesture, the idea that it is a national newspaper for Wales? Because most people, I think, still get their their news on a, in, a, in a digital format now. Surely that is still the future of news. 
Yeah, and, and I think I think that's why I think you know if you buy the paper and you read the paper, you see that it that it is you know trying to do things differently. So you know it's not you know what's happened on the Friday and telling people what's going on. It's more about what's going on in Wales and and discussing issues. So hopefully, I think you know the fact that we're doing something that is different. You know the fact that our sport is predominantly. Uh, around the Wales Premier League, you know, and we're talking about rugby um, at the, you know, at the lower levels. So, you know, we're, we're trying to we're trying to do stuff that, that other people aren't doing, um, and getting that out to people. But I think, but you know, I, what we found a lot of people were, were saying to us is they haven't bought, you know, it's the first time they bought a newspaper in years, and the reason was they didn't like what was out there. They didn't like newspapers that were basically, you know, the mouthpieces of their billionaire owners or whatever so the fact that we're able to produce you know a national newspaper with you know contributions from across wales covering the whole of wales and discussing things you know in in a politically neutral manner uh, and giving voice to different voices from across the political spectrum i think you know but, but i think yeah definitely i think you know having having that is important i'd love to see more I, you know i don't understand why you know we've sort of gone in with I don't know, I suppose people would say that we're, you know, sort of more of the sort of guardian sort of thing. But, you know, I'd love to see a, you know, a mirror stroke sun paper from a Welsh perspective, you know, that is more of a tabloid, but, you know, that discusses the things that a lot of people day to day are interested in, you know, celebrity culture and stuff like that. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But again, just getting that, you know, the beauty of those is hopefully you think that people will pick up the nuggets about devolved governments and, you know, what's going on and, you know, what's happening with the IPCC report and stuff like that. Because we know, you know, because our, our philosophy is we know that there are 10,000 people out there in Wales and around the world who, you know, we think that we're willing to take our subscription to support us and fund the service. And I, I think, you know, there's potentially five to 10,000 people out there who, if they get their hands on the national and enjoy it, would do that. Because what we find is once people have started buying it, you know, they are, they're buying it every week. And it's worth it just for the Sudoku. Yeah, I see your attempts to uh, complete the Sudoku. Oh, terrible. I'm still, I'm still, <laughs> I've, I've done the medium. I'm still trying to do the hard and it's now four, five days later. <laughs> um, I was going to ask, is there much of a geographical split that you can see in your readers? Because you know, everyone always says that Welsh media and Welsh politics are heavily dominated by people who live in the South. Is that the case from your readership as well? It isn't. What's interesting from our readership is it sells well in the university towns. So Wrexham, Bangor, Aberystwyth, Carmarthen, Swansea, Cardiff, Newport. It's strange. It's almost as if there is some sort of community around universities. Maybe it's just university lecturers and the students who are um, <laughs> who are buying it? But no, that's into you know it is a, a, a geographic spread. You know because surprise you know we sell in Cardiff. It's the north of Cardiff that we sell bigger numbers in because I always thought it'd be like some Pont and Green stuff, but it, you know it isn't. It's um, Dubaina around, around there. So you know it's it's interesting. But again, it depends on where it's on sale and how visible it is. So maybe you find that you know in some places it is visible. People have gone in and they're buying it and they're telling their friends. Because what, what we're trying to do as well now is go out and buy a copy, buy two and give one to a friend to introduce them to it. Because like I said, I think it is important. What we're trying to do, you know, is do something impartial, get people, just make people aware of what's going on in Wales and around the most thing. But definitely, yeah, I think as a statement and having, you know, being on a newsstand, 
gives you credibility. That's my weekly subscription in Thornhill popping up your uh, North Cardiff numbers there, Hugh. I was really interested this week in the Nationals' coverage of the climate crisis and how the paper gave it a particularly Welsh dimension. How important to you is it that Welsh media not only covers the hyper-local issues, but also gives Welsh angles on international problems? Well, it's, it's massively important because the whole point of this is that we discuss everything, whether it's, you know, a council decision in, in Bridgend or whether it's a global decision in Geneva from a Welsh perspective. Because, you know, we are, we're citizens of Wales, we're citizens of the world as well. But what we found as well is, you know, because obviously, you know, we, you know, there was two years of planning and research went in before we actually launched National. Because what we realised was, was that basically our, our content strategy is based around four pillars. So obviously news and politics is the, you know, is, is the main one. And then the three other ones are sort of business and economy, arts and culture. But the other important one was the environment and rural affairs. Because, you know, the research was showing, you know, people think like Reuters Institute, I think it was like 81%, but the environment is one of the most important things that they're concerned about. Uh, and in the UK, because obviously they just do it on a UK basis, was one of the highest in the world. So fun, funnily enough, where you think that we're not, you know, in the UK or in Wales bothered about it, we are actually interested in it. But that's the other thing we're trying to say is, you know, because every 500 subscribers allows us to hire... Uh, for, you know, because we built the core team, but from now on, every family subscribers allows us to hire a specific content editor. So, you know, if we can get 500 people who are passionate about the environment to subscribe, we will employ uh, an environment editor. And the same thing with arts and culture and, and business and economy. So that's something that we're working on is looking at those subjects. But yeah, definitely, you know, what, why wouldn't we discuss anything from a Welsh perspective? And obviously we, we're hosting... Um, sort of the Welsh Environmental Awards uh, in November, because again, we see that from our point of view, from a brand point of view, but it's also an important subject. And it's a case, it's a chance there to showcase, you know, individuals, organisations and projects that are actually happening in Wales. Because a lot of people just don't know about these things. Because one of my favourite bits of the National is the, the stories that Cyril um, Griffiths writes, the, uh, the environmental stuff. You know, and she's coming up with amazing stories, you know, like the orchard up in Brumbo by the old, old steelworks. And, you know, a farmer who's trying to sort of grow, you know, traditional grains that have disappeared since centuries. So we're, we're getting those stories and, you know, they're, they're interesting stories, but they're, 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 very, they're making very important points. I know you're not uh, too interested in clicks. You want the quality, not the, the clickbait. But you must, you know, map that a bit. Can you give us any sort of insight into what kind of stories drive the most traffic on the Nationals website? Yeah, it was, it was, over the last few few weeks, the, the stuff that was, you know, that, that did drive a lot, unsurprisingly, was the Olympic stuff when we're talking about Welsh coverage, especially when we're discussing how Wales would perform if we were independent and, and you know, competing as, as a country, where Wales would, you know, sort of show in, in the world. And that, that kind of stuff was popular but even things like you know one of the most popular stories in the last month was uh, around um the uh, australian food imports because obviously in wales we forget you know even though you know sort of the rural economy you know it, it's it's not massive but it's an important part of it but a lot of people in wales are part of that economy whether they're actually working in it or whether they live in those environments so yeah so you know stories that you know that discuss things from a from a Welsh perspective, which is what all, all of ours do. So, 
you know, on Facebook, we've seen our Facebook following grow by sort of 10% in the last couple of weeks. So again, I think people are starting to see our content now. So, you know, we are, our, you know, growth has been steady, but it's starting to, to, to ramp up, which, you know, which is exactly what we, we want to do. Um, but if you look at what our reach based on our following on, on Facebook compared with rival or, you know, similar titles in Wales, we're punch, punching way above our weight. You know what I mean? We, we're, we're, from a comparative point of view, we'd just be below where um, Wales Online are. But obviously, you know, they've got, you know, hundreds of thousands following. We're, we're, we're in the thousands at the moment. But we know there's going to take time for us to grow our audience there. And also, we need to work on our content on those platforms um, and create content that's unique to those platforms rather than, at the moment, content that, you know, it's a headline that drives you to the website. You know, I just want to see more, you know, sort of people, because when we put stuff out on video and stuff, it performs really, really well. And I think that's what people expect from a new service now. You mentioned the Olympics. We're going to talk a little bit about sport. You've made a really big thing in the National Club in Welsh Domestic Sports, League of Wales Football, first and foremost on the sports pages. Could you talk us a little bit about the thinking there and also what kind of reaction you've had to that being your outlook rather than looking at how, say, Cardiff City or Swansea are doing in the English well, football I, I think, pyramid? I think it's just a case of, you know, what, what's being done at the moment. So obviously the BBC cover, you know, sort of the, the English pyramid well substantially and they do that in, in Wales as well, you know, because obviously, you know, they've got radio radio broadcasts you know that are based on you know on locations with those different um elements in there but also on on their website coming from the north myself you know when i, I was brought up in wrexham but i'm um half scouts um so you know i support everton so you know the daily post people buy the daily post for obviously wrexham is you know is a big big thing now uh, but it was mainly for man united liverpool uh, and everton and I think in the South, you know, the South Wales Echo does Cardiff, the Argus does Newport. Uh, so those are covered by, you know, the local audiences. And I don't know what, what the Swansea, as the Evening Post, they, you know, they cover Swansea. So those are, are being covered. But I think the fact that the sort of JD Premier, you know, it's a national, it's our national league uh, and our national sport. So the fact that maybe those local titles, because they are generally, you know, local, you know, we've got the advantage from being a national to be able to to cover the the whole of the game because you know on, on Saturday you know we had the profile of all the teams. So even if you're not aware of it, you know you could sit down there and read on our page and you could understand a bit about you know who, who those teams what those teams are. And I think you know that there's a growing interest in in that. And I think again the only way that is going to grow is by people normalizing it and drawing attention to it and the feedback we get from that is great i still find it frustrating when people complain about oh nobody's covering the jd whatever and i keep saying well have you looked at the national i say yes this is well you know we are we're trying to do that and we'll be launching a a football email bulletin in a, in the next couple of weeks focusing on the on the jd premier so you know we're, we're building that commitment to do that but you know we, there's an audience there you know there's a gap in the market and we're, we're filling it we've spoken to a number of uh the nationals writers in the past how have you tried to deal with the balance the need for new voices with getting more experienced journalists and columnists into the paper as like a draw yeah i, th I think that's interesting because obviously from my point of view i'm not involved editorially with the with the title so Gav gavin is the editor 
and Sarah uh, looks after the, the the paper. So I'm not involved editorially. You know, when we spoke about when we were launching it, and the idea behind it with New, New Media Wales was that it would be politically neutral and would give different voices. And it, and it does that, you know, you've got columns from Lena Farhat, who's a Lib Dem, Leanne Wood and David Wigley, you know, Plyde and from different, you know, ends of Plyde, isn't it? Uh, Carolyn Jones, obviously, you know, a former First Minister. And it's funny because you get some people who come on and say, I'm not buying that, it's got Carolyn Jones in it. Oh, I'm not buying that because it's got Leanne Wood in it. I say, well, we're trying to get a balance there, you know what I mean? Because, you know, I'd like to, I'd like to hear more conservative voices because, you know, when, politically, wherever you, you're from, you know, quarter of the Welsh population voted conservative at the last Senate election, you know, almost. So, you know, it's important that, you know, those voices, you know, are heard, but also that all those voices are challenged. I think that's what's really important. But yeah, you know, because I, I keep out of it, they're in the process of setting up an editorial board that, over, that will oversee that to ensure that it is, you know, sticking to those principles that digitally and in print, that it is balanced, that it's not giving, you know, so, you know, leaning one way or the other. Because you know, you know, when when we launched, it was like you know, we, we support the, the the current devolution settlement because it's been elect, it's been voted for democratically by majority in Wales. I'm looking forward now is looking at the opinion polls and what people want. Is there's obviously a conversation to be had around independence, but there's also a conversation to be had about the federalist approach, which is you know, which is what um, Welsh Labour's favoured position is. Um, but it's obviously, you know, it's the discussions around, well, why aren't things like policing devolved? Why haven't we got our own, uh, you know, sort of lawmaking powers and our own legal system? And, you know, those conversations are coming now from within the Welsh Labour government. So, again, by us raising those and asking those questions, hopefully, it, you know, it helps push that conversation along. When you talk about holding uh, opinions to account, how would you try and reconcile that very legitimate position with the way that people tend to interact with each other on social media, which is, I'm sure we're all aware, can be a bit vitriolic sometimes. How do you think that we learn to adapt to that difference now in the modern world and the modern media environment? Well, I don't know. I, I think, you know, because if you look at something like Byline Times, for example, you know, and the, you know, basically, if you, if you look at things based on, based on fact, then that that has to be the basis of everything. You know, it's the it's the factual side of stuff. So you've got to look at the fact. But I remember I listened to an ad, uh, an advert at GB News saying there's always more than one side to a story. But sometimes there isn't. You know what I mean? Sometimes there's one side to the story, and that is factually this is what happened or is happening. So there is no counterpoint. Any getting a counterpoint is completely pointless because all you're going to get is somebody just talking nonsense. Because you know we saw it, you know, news like the other night where they had um, that well-known um, environmentalist, the uh, prime minister's father, on, and it just reminded me of when news like when they discussed the Welsh language bill four or five years ago, um, where they had that giant mind from you know the Welsh language, Julian Ruck, you know, who's basically a professional you know Welsh language troll to talk about Welsh language policy and stuff like that, and it's you know it's this business of You've got to have two sides to everything. I, you know, I, I don't agree with that. To have people putting counter arguments across. It was interesting. There was a piece, there was an opinion piece today from the editor of the Western Telegraph talking about Cardiff and how she thinks that it is, you know, a duel and it's it is redevelopment. And you know, and that caused discussions. But it was a it was a response really to an article that um, Rebecca wrote 
um, a week or two back about you know the fact that you know the gentrification of Cardiff Bay and stuff like that. So you can have different viewpoints and you can put them out there because that's an example where you know there are people who are coming at it from different perspectives. But in some cases, you know, because like I say, you know, if you can't say, is it raining outside? Well, you go out now, it's raining. You know, there is no counterpoint to that. You know, it's it's a statement of of fact. And I think when we move away from that, I think it really helps. But I think that the BBC have almost got themselves dug themselves into a hole by being almost, you know, we've got to have balance. So if somebody's got this view, we've got to get somebody who's the opposite of it to in order to create a discussion. And you know, and that's for me, I, I don't I don't see it that way. You've hinted at my favorite quote about journalism, which is it's not a journalist's job to have two views on whether it's raining outside or not. It's the journalist's job to look out the window. Yeah. Which is yeah, always been my favorite journalism quote. You know, and I, you know, our sort of tagline, and you know, a lot of other people use it, but you know, our job isn't to tell people what to think. It, you know, our job is to help people come to informed decisions. So you put the facts in front of them. So this is the situation now. Because yeah, you know, if you look at something like you know, because people know my political background, you know, I've stood for Plaid Cymru twice, I've been on the Yes Cymru Central Committee. So you know, my politics uh, when it comes to Wales is completely clear. But if you said, oh. Wales should be independent and we could be independent tomorrow, I would be the first person to say it couldn't. We haven't, got a, we haven't even got our own legal, you know, these are the things that, you know, that's I think where these conversations need to be had because people just aren't aware, you know, when, when we talk about the, the economy in Wales, there's so, you know, so much of a lack of understanding, you know, the Barnett formula, you know, because that, that's one thing we should be looking at is how to explain the Barnett formula. You know, I challenge anybody, you know, to explain what the Barnett formula is. I'd like, you know, maybe something like Richard Wynne Jones could do it, but you know, for for me as a normal individual, you know, basically you hear, you know, Rishi Sunak saying there's going to be a billion pounds for the health service in, in England and automatically we just say, well, there's going to be £200,000. So it's not like Welsh Government decides how much they're going to spend and how much they're going to put into that. It's basically what we're given by another government to spend here in Wales. So, because, you know, I don't know, you know, do people see devolved government as, you know, being governed by, you know, a first minister like Mark Jacobford, who's come to the fore in the last few months, or is the current Welsh government and the way it's set up, basically just administering a budget that's set in Westminster by Conservative government. Do you see the National expanding its Welsh language offer in the future? Because there's quite a few publications already in that uh, sphere, such as Barn and Golug. Do you think there's room for growth there? Yeah, definitely. Because I so say we've one of the things we did with um, the national is you know we've got a, we we've got a page that um, uh, that I help curate, which is basically three stories from the week uh, written with Welsh learners in mind. So you know there's three Welsh language stories there with a what do you call it a lexicon down the side to you know with the words that maybe aren't familiar. But yeah, definitely, because I think what one of the things we find is, and it's not just, you know, getting more Welsh language content in there, but also more content about the Welsh language. Because when you think about all those people who send their kids to Welsh Green Education, 60% of kids in Welsh Green Education come from English-speaking households. So how do those parents and carers know about what's going on in the Welsh language? You know, what are the benefits of the, what their children are learning in school and that ability that they've got to be bilingual what does it mean for them in a wider context? Because I think there is the problem in Wales is from a Welsh language media thing that it tends to be this bubble that Welsh language news struggles to get out of that Welsh language media bubble. But definitely, but I think from our 
our point of view, strategically, because obviously you've got Golub Trichwichtin, which is you know funded by uh, Welsh government via the Book Council. Um, that service is there. S4C have launched a new service, which is a some you know sort of original journalism in conjunction with ITV, but also as an aggregator for um, for news. And you've got you know the the other magazines. The, the problem with the Welsh language markets is just the size of it, is having enough of a of a critical mass to make it financially viable. Because even though we think, oh, there's you know say there's whatever the number is, you know eight, nine hundred, six hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand Welsh speakers. Well, over half of those are under 16, because that's, you know, that's where the growth is, is in those things. So obviously they're not going to be spending on stuff. But again, we need to be, you know, making them aware that it is normal to be able to read news and access news through the medium of Welsh. But definitely our Welsh language output um, in print will increase, because obviously we want to be part of that Cymraeg 2050, the, the, the language journey that people are on, um, helping people to almost be like a gateway to to Golub and to to Baden and to other things. Uh, but I think definitely, you know, popularising news through the medium of Welsh is important. And especially I like to see us do more stuff um, in the education sector, you know, with creating a Welsh language, you know, version of what we're doing for, for schools and stuff. How much of the Welsh language content is available on your digital platforms? None at the moment. Um, but that's just, and for when we set it up, you know, we, we set up the website to be specific about that and we, we looked at that stuff, but that's why we're in talks with different partners now about helping us support that. Because obviously what, what you want to do as well is make sure that that content is grammatically correct and stuff. So at the moment, you know, we're, we're doing that internally. Um, so before we put it out there, but soon it will, all anything that's in the, the paper will be there and have it there as a uh, as a resource. But, you know, we are we're primarily an English language service and we launched from that point of view because... There are Welsh language, you know, alternatives. at Cymro, uh, you know, it's a monthly uh, Welsh language newspaper. Golub, Newyddion S. Pedrex. So, you know, there are things out there. So to compete with those is a challenge. So that's why we want to target a specific part of that audience, but also just strategically, you know, aligns with what the government are doing in order to support the growth of the language. So, what's the future for the national? Where do you go next from here? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we're, we're going to be launching a few things in the next couple of weeks, touch wood, as I touch some flica in my office. The fact that, you know, obviously the, the newspaper is and the digital news service are two separate things. So, you know, we want to make sure that we bring those two together so that digital subscribers get the whole um, value of, of things. So I think at the moment there are people thinking, well, I buy the newspaper, I, I spend a quid a week and that's great. We need those digital subscribers. That's where our, you know, our growth and our revenues to employ journalists is, is going to come from. So we hopefully in the next couple of weeks be launching um, the national uh, app, which means then digital subscribers will be able to access all the, the web content, but also a digital page turning version of the newspaper um, as well. The newspaper now is being offered in different locations around Wales, on a, on a home delivery basis. Um, and that's been sort of taken up. I think we've got an offer going out in nor in the North this weekend. Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, it's just, you'll be able to buy the, the national through mail order. Um, and that's the other big one. Because obviously people outside of Wales, well, where can we get hold of a copy and people in Wales who, you know, maybe we're available in most places, but we're not at the moment because it's a weekly, we're not available in spas and lots of, 
villages around Wales are reliant on, you know, they maybe just, they've got a spa, so their local newspaper. And the other thing, I went around Cardiff on Saturday because I go around Cardiff, because uh, I live in Bridge End, go into Cardiff, just go around the outlets as a check that it's on sale, whatever. Um, and I was going around, and what I noticed was, I was going to places where there used to be news agents. So there was a news agent on the corner from Woman B um, Street, opposite the car park, went in there. It's not a news agent, you know, it's an off license. So they stopped selling newspapers there. There was one by the Angel Hotel. It's still got the sun sign up outside. Don't sell newspapers anymore. So that's the thing now. You're finding that newspapers do tend to be um, available only in sort of supermarkets or, you know, spas and shops like that that are less um, of those things. So making it available, you know, by, by mail, having a digital version of it, again, from a global audience, because we want to grow that global audience, because we know there are people interested in Wales beyond where we are. But I think that for me, the big next step now is to develop our audio and video offering. My big frustration, you know, anybody who follows me on Twitter will know about, you know, the, the fact that in Wales, we all moan in the morning about listening to Radio 4 and they say, well, that should be devolved rather, because we're not listening to new services in Wales. You know, Radio Wales, to me, is more of a, like a Welsh version of Radio 2. Radio Cymru is, you know, more of a Welsh language version of Radio 2 with a bit of Radio 6 or whatever in, in the evening. We need that Radio 4. We need that LBC in Wales. We need people talking and discussing Welsh matters all day long from a Welsh perspective. So hopefully in the, uh, in the autumn, you'll see some movement from us from that. And also the national conversation, because we want to start as well going out and doing physical events. So 8th or 9th, 9th or 10th of October, whatever the Saturday and Sunday uh, in October, I think it's the 9th and 10th actually, in Pontypridd, we're going to have a weekend of events uh, there discussing the, the constitution. So we're going to have these road shows you know, once every six months uh, online and in person where we're going to be discussing the future of Wales and looking at different subjects. And hopefully Hiraith will be joining us um, there for that for that weekend to have that discussion. Because the other thing is we want to go to places like Pontypridd uh, so we can actually take the national into communities where people maybe don't get a chance to go to discussions around politics, Welsh politics. And again, it's a chance for us to be out on the streets selling the national and making people aware of what we are and, and what we're doing. So there's a benefit to us, but hopefully those conversations that we can have and develop, you know, will benefit everybody in the long term. I mean, we can attest to people outside of Wales being interested in Welsh politics, as our listeners from Cyprus and Vietnam will attest to. Yeah, somebody actually got in touch because that's something I need to follow up on because somebody in South Korea said that the site was geoblocked there. They couldn't access the, the stuff. So, you know, because... It's quite interesting you know, where you've got people, we've got people in Australia who are asking when's the when's it going to be available through the post so they can get a copy out there. And, you know, we know, you know, there's that Welsh, you know, I know we go on about, you know, Patagonia and, you know, and the, the discussions around colonialism and stuff down there. But when you think about North America, how many people from there, how many people from Australia, how many Welsh people, because they don't, you know, the, the, there's an estimated 100,000 Welsh speakers in England. So you know, how many more Welsh people are there? So how do we get to those people beyond our our boundaries? So again, you know, we, we've got a long way to go, but we're going in the right direction. But again, you know, if you're listening to this now and you're not a subscriber, your subscription does make a difference. You know, and, I, uh, and I'm, you know, making no bones about plugging that because basically without that subscription, we can't continue to, to grow. So it's the, the national.wales forward slash subscribe. 
it's a pound a month for the first two months, but then it goes up to six ninety-nine. Absolute bargain, you. Um, we're going to end with one question that's a bit more holistic. What, what does a healthy Welsh media landscape look like to you? And, and how do you think we get there? What are the steps that everyone in Wales needs to take in order to get to that healthy media landscape? I think, again, just more products, titles, content that is produced in Wales. You know, it's, I just find, you know, the, the whole TV and radio thing is frustrating. You know, we're, we're a little offshoot of, you know, the BBC in Wales. You know, we get these half hour opt out but you know all our content comes from there and our news follows the uk news so you know it's it's you know we're automatically sort of subservient to that i'm saying if you look if you watch news from from in the welsh language it's completely different because they they discuss topics from you know a welsh national and then international level through the medium of welsh so it can be done and it is being done that's a frustrating thing but you know the fact that you've got a plethora of different radio stations in the English language available, you know, sort of for music, classical music, you know, sport, uh, news, current affairs, comedy, drama and stuff. And in Wales, we just haven't got that. So for me, you know, I'd just love to see us having a radio, um, you know, national radio one, two, three and four, where we can offer that thing to, to people in Wales. You know, I'd love to see alongside the national, you know, maybe a sort of a tabloid version of something like the national. Again, you know, if people buy it in enough numbers uh, and people subscribe in enough numbers, we can publish as a, as a, as a, as a daily national newspaper. Um, you know, change the sort of thing, remit of it maybe, and maybe the national will become more, as it is now, more of like a Sunday, uh, Sunday paper with the sort of longer reads and stuff in there. But anything is possible. But all we need is people to to support us and, um, you know, and as I say, you know, subscribes, you know, give us your money. To me, it's an investment, you're investing in something and hopefully you feel as you've got ownership of it as well. Well, Hugh, Diokam, Shardini, Heno, thank you for talking with us this evening. Um, if people want to find out more about what you've got to say, where can they find you on Twitter? At Marshall Media, which is where I spout most of my nonsense. But the New Media Wales website, I'm in the process of revamping that uh, and relaunching um, that as well, as you know, my focus now moves on to that audio and, and video side of it. Because I think that's, you know, we, we've got the national as a, as, a, as a national news platform, and that's what New Media Wales was there to, to set that up. So, you know, the next one, I've, I've successfully managed to do that. Which is amazing for me. It's amazing. I still kick myself that it's actually happened. But I think the next step is what I was saying. You know about the national radio one, two, three, and four. For me, that's the next one. So how do we make that happen? And the physical events as well. How do we make these? You know, sort of happen on a regular basis. You know, I'd like to see you know Wales having its own sort of hey on why, but actually in Wales, and you know even though it is technically in Wales, it actually looks at it from a Welsh from a Welsh perspective. You know, I think we can do almost like do a, an, an English language instead of that, if you know what I mean. Absolute pleasure to talk to you, Hugh. If you've enjoyed what you've heard tonight, please don't forget to find us on Medium at Here I've Blog Cymru, on Facebook at Here I've Blog Cymru, and on Twitter at Here I've Blog. Thank you for listening to Here I've. If you like what you heard, please don't forget to subscribe, rate and review.